Liz Cheney is raising big money from Democrats in places like New York and California. Dr. Fauci's smear tactics are revealed. Plus, Joe Biden takes his soft on crime message to New York. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13 minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a big one today. We have bonus coverage, relaxed brain, you name it. But we're going to start with the person who is becoming the poster child for the entire anti-Trump movement, and that's Republican Liz Cheney. Now, just to give you some perspective of where I stand, my focus is on advancing the conservative cause, supporting legislation, policies and programs that empower people and not strengthen the government. If others are part of that vision, then that's great. I really don't care if they support a particular person or not, as long as we are all on the same team and working toward the same goals. And that's where Liz Cheney has completely lost it. Her singular focus on going after former President Trump, whether it's her participation on this bogus January 6th committee or her nonstop media comments has turned her into a liability for the movement. Much more than a distraction, Cheney has become a roadblock to conservative progress. That's why local and state party efforts in Wyoming to censure Cheney have been effective. That's why she lost her leadership position in the U.S. House, as momentum has clearly been building for House Republicans and the overall Republican brand. Cheney would kill that momentum by making a new anti-Trump statement. Now she's fighting for re-election and the Democrats know that one of their biggest allies in attacking Trump is Republican Liz Cheney. So they're stepping up to the plate and helping her fundraise. Here's the story. University of Massachusetts Boston professor Mark Cohen said if someone told him over a decade ago that he would be sending money across the country to help Representative Liz Cheney's re-election campaign, he would have asked, what are you smoking? Mr. Cohen said his thinking shifted after watching the Republican Party become beholden to Donald Trump and his claims of a stolen election. Support from Democrats like Mr. Cohen has turned Ms. Cheney into a fundraising juggernaut for this year's midterm elections. It more than made up for the financial backing she lost from being one of 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Mr. Trump in 2021 and emerging as one of the loudest anti-Trump voices in the party. Liz Cheney, fundraising juggernaut, fueled by Democrats. It's just outrageous that someone would put their personal feelings so front and center that it shuts down everything else. Keep in mind that Liz Cheney did not lose her leadership position for being anti-Trump. Everyone knows she's anti-Trump. She lost her position because she stopped doing her job. Instead, just becoming consumed with a message that hurts the unity of the Republican Party and its ability to strategize and mobilize for the 2022 elections. Here's more. Democrats across the country joined establishment and neoconservative Republicans supporting Ms. Cheney. The Republicans include former President George W. Bush, his brother, former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, Senator Mitt Romney of Utah and his wife, Ann, and John R. Bolton, who was a national security advisor in the Trump White House. Ms. Cheney this week reported raising $2.5 million 
in the fourth quarter of last year, pushing her annual fundraising haul north of $7.1 million and giving her $4.7 million in cash on hand, according to campaign finance reports. Her closest rival, Trump-backed Harriet Hageman, has raised $745,000 and has $381,000 in cash on hand. In Wyoming, Hageman and Cheney are essentially tied as far as fundraising is concerned, but Cheney dominates with nationwide fundraising. Cheney's top contributing states are California, Virginia, and New York. In related news, Cheney is expected to be censured this weekend when the Republican National Committee meets to discuss a censure resolution, among other items on the RNC agenda. The RNC will be voting on a resolution to censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for their involvement in the investigation into January 6th. Congresswoman Cheney released a statement ahead of tomorrow's vote saying, quote, I'm a constitutional conservative and I do not recognize those in my party who have abandoned the Constitution to embrace Donald Trump. History will be their judge. I will never stop fighting for our constitutional republic, no matter what. In reality, the only thing Cheney is fighting for is the advancement of a personal anti-Trump agenda. And while she does this, she has pushed everything else to the side. That is why the best thing Wyoming voters could do is send someone new to Washington. All right, next let's talk about Dr. Fauci's political playbook. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci because as more and more countries around the world are moving on from COVID, ending lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccine passports, Fauci appears bent on imposing a new normal of obedience to the government, not questioning, debating, or discussing, just complying. According to a Stanford University doctor, Fauci has developed a playbook to exert not just his medical influence, but political influence as well. And his tactics seem like they were taken from a Marxist how-to manual. Here's the story. A Stanford doctor laid out Wednesday what he says is Dr. Anthony Fauci's playbook for silencing anyone who goes against the grain in regards to COVID-19. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, a professor at Stanford School of Medicine, said Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins try to create a false impression of scientific consensus on COVID policy by labeling scientists who disagree fringe. They deploy big tech misinformation hordes to suppress opposing thoughts, Bhattacharya tweeted as part of a list. They deploy press propagandists and scientist allies to smear and take down opponents, and they reward allies with large grants. That assessment is right on the money. Big tech has gone all in on suppressing opposing thought, even though the leftist position is wrong, even though the leftist position on COVID does not follow the science. Big tech, through the influence of Fauci and others on the left, has determined what is approved speech and what isn't. Anything that is said that goes against the approved talking points, no matter how true it is, gets banned, blocked, or buried. I'm just coming off a one-week ban on YouTube for stating facts, facts that can be easily verified on the CDC's own website. Yet, they weren't the approved facts from Fauci and Big Tech. Here's more. In a recent op-ed for Newsweek, Bhattacharya explained in further detail the playbook, noting how during October 2020, when the Great Barrington Declaration criticized Fauci's lockdown strategy, 
Collins, a geneticist with little public health experience, wrote an email to Fauci suggesting a takedown of the declaration and characterizing its Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford authors as fringe epidemiologists. And speaking of lockdowns, as I reported on Wednesday's show, a new study from Johns Hopkins University showed that lockdowns don't work. That's a big deal. That's why I reported it. But that goes against the left-wing narrative, which means that all the legacy media outlets will ignore it. And that's exactly what's happening. The Johns Hopkins study received no mention on any of the five liberal networks this week, according to Grabian transcripts, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC all ignored the anti-lockdown findings after having spent much of the pandemic shaming red states with minimal restrictions and events deemed by critics as super spreaders. It wasn't just the networks avoiding the study. The New York Times, The Washington Post, The Associated Press, Reuters, USA Today, Axios, Politico, among other outlets, also turned a blind eye to the findings according to search results. Simply amazing. And again, this is straight out of the Marxist manual. Rather than debate, the left will deny, discredit, and in this case, ignore. In the freest country in the world, Americans must reclaim the right to express opinions. If those opinions are wrong, so be it. Americans can choose what or what not to believe, but we must be all given that opportunity to choose. Approved speech, approved talking points, approved information isn't freedom. It's tyranny. All right, next let's talk about Joe Biden and crime following a word from our sponsor. I want to tell you about my friends over at World Fair. If you have a photo of your childhood home, your favorite travel spot, your hometown football stadium, whatever it is, World Fair takes that photo and turns it into a hand-drawn work of art. These sketches make great gifts, moving announcement cards, invitations, and more. So many possibilities that World Fair can do for you. And all you need is a photo. Just use the link in the description and use coupon code BOBBY13 for 10% off your next purchase. Next, Joe Biden was in New York City on Thursday to talk about crime, and all he did instead was talk about Democrat programs that do nothing to stop crime. On the flip side, this was a golden opportunity to address Democrat laws and initiatives that have put dangerous criminals on the streets and failed to prosecute others for violent actions, thus encouraging future violent actions. Biden said nothing. His visit brought a scathing column from the New York Post's editorial board on which they blasted Biden for sleepwalking through a pat speech that failed to rise to the moment in any respect. Here's the story. Biden didn't breathe a word about a single real solution to the city's rising violence and crime. Background checks, assault weapons bans, red flag laws have nothing to do with what's plaguing minority neighborhoods here and around the country. Oh, Joe is going to help try to shut down the flow of illegal guns. Go ahead. The iron pipeline is a red herring. The reason weapons are flowing in faster than ever is because everyone knows they're safe to carry. Heck, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg won't even jail you for using a gun in a robbery unless you actually fire it. This visit was supposed to be Biden's opportunity to help New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, but nothing can be done when people aren't serious about fighting crime. New York's DA Alvin Braggs has taken left-wing soft on crime, don't blame the bad guy policies to a whole new level. 
and New Yorkers are paying the price. Here's more. Not a word from Biden on the issues where Adams and New Yorkers in general need his help. Nothing on the lunatic no-bail law, which doesn't let judges jail even clearly dangerous perps or chronic repeat offenders. Nothing on the gang-empowering raise-the-age law. Nothing on the corrosive influence of police defunders whom Biden cheered while campaigning in 2020 or Bragg's lunacy. Yep, Biden was more than happy to support the defund the police movement. Now we see some of the effects. Victims are being victimized all over again as they see city and other government leaders like Biden coddling the offenders and targeting law-abiding citizens. Here's Biden. I want to crack down on the flow of firearms used to commit violence. That includes taking on and shutting down rogue gun dealers. At, uh, and it's, it's about doing background checks. This doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no violation of a Second Amendment right. We talk like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon. The answer is not to abandon our streets. That's not the answer. We're not about defunding. We're about funding and providing the additional services you need beyond someone with a gun strapped to their shoulder. I don't hear many communities, no matter what their color, their background, saying, I don't want more protection in my community. I don't know. I haven't found one of those yet. What a mess. He can't even bring himself to say more police because the Democrats don't want more police. They think social workers will do the trick. How's that working out for everyone? Okay, so we've had Liz Cheney, Dr. Fauci, and Joe Biden. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. First, let's talk about the Olympics, which are now beginning in Beijing. China has one of the worst human rights records of any nation. The plight of the Uyghur people has been well documented. So. What does China do? The host nation picked an athlete with Uyghur heritage to light the Olympic flame. Are you kidding me? This is like something straight out of the Hunger Games. We're going to commit genocide on your people, but if you survive, you might just get to light the Olympic flame. Happy Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor. In addition, Nancy Pelosi has come out with a warning, not to China, but to American athletes. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. What can you even say? Pelosi isn't sending a warning message to China. She's sending a warning message to our athletes. Don't speak out or you may disappear. China is ruthless. So why in the world are we over there? This is just beyond dumb. Other nations are boycotting these games and America should lead the way. Now, I'm all for keeping politics and sports separate. I've said that many times, but it seems to me that one of the requirements of being able to host the Olympics is that the country doesn't kill its own people. Just a thought. Then there's Colorado State University which has now set up resources for students who may be affected by free speech events. That's right. CSU is here to help anyone traumatized by someone's words or ideas. Don't get me wrong. There have been remedies for combating someone's free speech 
for as long as we've had a country. It's called using your own free speech, using it to debate and discuss and disagree. But that's not what CSU has in mind. If you or someone you know are affected by a free speech event on campus, here are some resources. Reads the sign, which Turning Point USA Rockies Territory posted a picture of on its Instagram account. The university sign refers students to 17 departments that can help, multicultural counseling, incidents of bias reporting, the Office of Equal Opportunity, and a Victims Assistance Hotline. A Victims Assistance Hotline? This is unreal. As I said today on Newsmax, the left is trying to equate hurt feelings or frustration with actual real violence so that universities can step in and shut things down. Meanwhile, radical leftists resorts to threats, intimidation, and violence to stop free speech. If you don't like someone's ideas, come up with better ideas. It's as simple as that. Then we have some breaking news from the Babylon Bee, and we'll start with more free speech developments, this time from Facebook. Facebook replaces all text fields with drop-down menu of approved things you can say. That sounds about right. And then there's the situation at the southern border, which has led to mass chaos. Confused migrants sneaks across Rio Grande instead of taking free government flight to U.S. What a mess. And finally, we have Whoopi Goldberg, who seemed clueless about the Holocaust being about race. She's on suspension from ABC right now, but then this came out. Whoopi Goldberg says Order 66 wasn't about the Jedi. Yes, yes. I am a nerd. What can I say? All I know is that these left-wing radicals have a serious case of relaxed brain. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Monday evening at the usual time. 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.